overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. Here we go, live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It's overtime with William Patterson, Jace Brown, and Dawson Wise joining you on a Thursday night. We appreciate you joining us. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join us. A packed episode today. Later in the hour, we'll talk about how Danny White chimes in to the NCA investigation rumors and all the hoopla that's gone around with it. Danny White, AD for Tennessee, claps back. We'll give our best bets as well at the end of the hour. But we begin the episode today with Gerald Mincy continuing to yap, mm. is, is the way I'm phrasing it. Uh, former Tennessee offensive lineman uh, Gerald Mincy has not kept his thoughts on the Vols private since transferring to Kentucky. Uh, Mincy spent his first two seasons at Florida, but then transferred to Tennessee where he played the 22 uh, and 23 seasons for the Vols, uh, starting 14 games with eight at left tackle and six at right tackle. During his introductory press conference in Lexington on Wednesday, uh, Mincy mentioned the date November 2nd, and that is the, the, the day that Tennessee and Kentucky are slated to play next season, mm. four times in his interview. Um, Mincy said, quote, Kentucky has got to do more to earn it. I'm glad. I love the underdog role. So when we go there November 2nd to Nealon and we bust them in the mouth, we can, we can put the standard back over here. I cannot wait for November 2nd. And today, Mincy doubled down on his Tennessee slander by sharing a video on his Instagram story uh, that includes John Campbell Jr. and Joe Milton and that strip sack from the Alabama game this season. Uh, Mincy said in quotes, uh, strip sack for the game, LOL. Let's laugh out loud for our uh, older audience. Uh, you suck, jit. And that is a, a phrase, um, a Florida term, jit. It's like uh, calling someone. Man, dude, yeah, man, bro. Yeah. Uh. Um, so the, the full quote here. Um, <laughs> strip sack for the game, LOL. You suck, jit. I feel for my little bro this season, followed by multiple laughing emojis, obviously making fun uh, of John Campbell, allowing that strip sack in a pivotal moment in that Alabama game. Um, why does Mincy continue to take shots at his former school? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, like I, I saw this question on there today, and I was like, um, I, 
I have nothing. Um, so I came up with a few things that maybe it could be, uh, but then again, I think the only person that really knows is, is Gerald Mincy. Um, even John Campbell's response I thought was really funny today, if anybody happened to see it. Uh, he said he's just mad I took his job. Oh, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, well, uh, maybe there's some issues there. I, I don't know if there were a clash between those two, perhaps. Yeah. Um, the first one is he feels like the fan base has turned on him, which – I hear this and I think, well, okay, yeah, but we're not really surprised. Um, he goes to Kentucky. Uh, it's a border school. It's a rival school. Uh, our fans do not get along with theirs at all in any sport whatsoever. Uh, and, you know, it's it's one of our most heated rivalries. I'm not sure what he expected leaving <laughs> Tennessee, <laughs> coming from Florida to yeah, Tennessee, yeah. then leaving for Kentucky and thinking, oh, well, they're going to wish me well and everything's going to be all, all fine and dandy. No, absolutely not. We're not going to, you know, shower you with praise. Oh, I'm so glad you went to Kentucky. No, yeah. not at all. Uh, so he feels like the fan base turned on him. His first tweet a, a couple weeks back where he said something like, well, I expected it to be a little bit more positive. I hate all the negativity, but business is business. I kind of was like, okay, whatever. He's mad that the fan base turned on him now. He just doubled down on it. Now he's just trying to make the fan base mad. It's not a good idea, and we'll get into that uh, in a minute when we talk about the game on November 2nd. Um, Maybe he feels like he's done wrong by the coaching staff. Uh, Now, he came here to play a certain position. Uh, Heupel, I believe, wanted him to either slide to guard or slide to tackle. I can never remember which. I think he wanted him to slide to guard and Campbell could play tackle, Mm -hmm. uh, and Mincy did not want to do it. Uh, in fact, I think he entered the transfer portal at one point last offseason, right, or, or something before this season or some point during the season he, he decided to sit out and wanted to transfer because he, he wouldn't play where they wanted him to. Yeah. Um, so maybe something, some kind of disagreement there, and now he's just spiteful about that. Um, and maybe there was something in the locker room uh, mm-hmm. between players. Uh, when he left, there's been a couple who have come out and, and said, you know, well, why are you talking like this? Perhaps some issues in the locker room, and perhaps it's a better thing that he has uh, taken the route up to Kentucky. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, you get your spot taken. That Just just like uh, John Campbell said, I mean, yeah. uh, he, he played a pretty pivotal factor in that 22 season uh, whenever, like, the spot was pretty much his from the get-go. But you bring in a big talent like John Campbell uh, who slides right in and makes an instant impact. Uh, yeah, I, I get why he's mad, but uh, dragging this thing out, so it's a little over the edge. I mean, uh, I think he's just kind of bored. Lexington's not too much fun up there. <laughs> I, I was up there for, for the uh, Kentucky game this past year and yeah. man that place was dead it, I, I, dead. I wish I could tell you it, it was dead and uh, I found little to no enjoyment besides going to Buffalo Wild Wings before uh, <laughs> and hearing Rocky Top on the way out so uh, right. that's about the only thing I'll say about Kentucky uh, but I mean you go to an inferior program and then I remember seeing uh, like one of the Saturday Down South pages posted Kentucky's schedule and was like oh for like fan interaction what what's Kentucky's record going to be this year and I saw uh, under it, he said that they were going to be eleven and one. Eleven and one. So I was like, "There's you going to get some drawback on that one." I think the only loss that he was tallying up was a Georgia loss. So uh, a little overconfident, in my opinion. I I think I, I think it's just to to spark some interest in uh, I guess across uh, old rivalry line now. I feel like Mincy feels like he's been slighted in a way. Um, I think that he enjoyed his time at Tennessee. I actually went back and looked at his Instagram today when I was, um, you know, finding that quote he gave on his story. Um, he still got all of his Tennessee stuff up on there. I, I feel like he enjoyed his time here, and I think the reason why he's upset deep down is not because the fans giving him backlash. Um, it's probably that he wanted to be here, 
and got played out and, and, and lost his spot as a starter on the team, now has to make a move that's best for himself. And I totally understand that. you got to find yeah. another spot to play yeah. in. I don't think the Tennessee fan base did not like Mincy for leaving, um, but they're not going to you know celebrate it. Like any time a, a player leaves and and especially goes to a uh, interdivisional rival, um, there's not going to be a, a welcoming applaud uh, to do that. I mean, considering he's gone from Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky now, I guess he's on a, a, a quest to win the SEC East that's no longer <laughs> going to exist after this season. So he kind of chose the wrong year to do that. Um, but I think he's just it, the 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 deep down problem is that he lost his spot, wanted to stay here, got played out. Now he has to move on, and I think he's kind of taking shots at Tennessee now to try and kind of make himself feel better about the situation, or um, you know just just try to rile someone up. I, I think that's the deep down problem, and I'm not saying that he's a, a bad kid or anything like that. I just think he's frustrated and. Um, the best way to get out frustration is, is is use it with your words, I guess, in his opinion. And I think he's taken it in a way that is um, not the best route. I, I wouldn't want to go on Twitter or Instagram or press conferences um, and, and just continue to talk about Tennessee, 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 because that makes me feel like, okay, the only thing on your mind is proving Tennessee wrong. That's not what the That's not what you're playing college sports for. It's to try and get somewhere in your career. And, and you want to be able to put out your best product every day. Not, you know, I want to beat Tennessee. I cannot wait till November 2nd. Look at this jit on, uh, <laughs> against Alabama, all this stuff. I mean, seriously, man. Um, so I, I think he's just deep down upset and frustrated. And the, the more and more times he mentions Tennessee, I think it just shows that um, deep down inside he really does care. You want to add something? Uh, no, I, oh, think okay. you, I think he hit it pretty okay, well. Okay. Um, Tennessee has a 54-14-3 record all-time against the Wildcats in football, and the Vols have won three straight matchups. Uh, does this fuel, and I'll put it in quotations, fuel or add anything uh, to this quote-unquote rivalry? The, the rivalry as a whole, no. Uh, I think it adds a lot to the November 2nd edition of this rivalry. Yeah. Um, you, the last thing you want to do with Tennessee's fan base is rile them up. You don't want to give them anything to say, we're going to pin this on the board and we're going to remember this so that when November 2nd comes around, we're going to make your life hell for 60 yeah. minutes because you said this about us and we don't like that. Uh, it's We talked about it the other day. It's happened so many times over the course of the last few years. Ole Miss comes to mind. Lane Kiffin comes back to town. That that atmosphere was electric. Uh, you had Bama in 2022, what they said before that game with Henry To'o To'o, and, oh, it's just business. It's just a business trip. That atmosphere was electric. Florida in 2016, we all remember what Tease Tabor said. Uh, apparently ducks can pull trucks, yeah. Tease mm-hmm. Tabor. Uh, but, you know, atmospheres like that, I think this is going to, you know, put a couple of those to shame. I mm-hmm. mean, because now you you talked and talked and talked and talked. You're going to reap that when you come to Neyland Stadium. Yeah. Uh, that's the last thing you want to do. I, I think you're going to rile some players up too. Uh, yeah. Campbell's not the only one. He has made some comments on uh, on Twitter. He was taking a few indirect shots at James Pierce, which. Number one, that's a huge mistake yeah. um, for a player like that. He's going to be good enough as it is. Don't give him anything, to, especially uh, if he goes up there and starts in Kentucky. You're going to be guarding him in that game. Yeah. Why <laughs> would you comment on something from a guy you're going to be up against yeah. in that game? Uh, you're going to have players that have this as well. I mean, this is going to become a team thing where mm-hmm. yeah. the team says, "Well, he said this about you guys. We're going to go win this game for you guys," mm-hmm. uh, and it could get out of a get out of hand pretty quickly. Now, in terms of the the actual product on the field, no. I mean, Tennessee runs this series. They have for 
the entire time we've been playing football, mm-hmm. um, especially the last three or so decades. Um, beyond just the COVID year, uh, you know, you hardly count the COVID year games. Um, but beyond that, just three decades of dominance on the field. No, this doesn't really affect anything. Yeah, if anything, it's just bulletin board material for that locker room to just put up. Like, hey, you know, the, this this dude used to be your family, and now he's not. So, right, take take with that what you will. So, uh, as as for the rivalry as a whole, I don't think it's anything but just a little blip. Like, hey. Remember when that guy transferred to Kentucky and started talking all this crap and then got it shoved right down his throat? Then, yeah, that'll happen. But uh, if anything, maybe add an extra six points onto the total next year. <laughs> uh, maybe Again, maybe just a little bit more of an ass-whooping on deck for next year. Are y'all fans of Fast and the Furious? Yeah. I've seen it, yes. Okay, this kind of reminds me a little bit of Fast and the Furious. The same story, but with a new character. Like, you know, uh, mm. oh, wow, John Cena's now in the movie, uh, <laughs> and he's related to Dom. You know, now this kind of seems like it's the same story where Tennessee's dominant all time, and now you added a new character here in, in Gerald Mincy that adds a little bit more fuel and a little bit more box office revenue. That's what it seems like to me. Um, I don't think it really adds any fuel I just think it's um, something that the players will take uh, into account and know who they're playing against on the other side. Um, but to me, it just kind of feels like one of those Fast and the Furious things. Just a new mm-hmm. character's popped up, but it's the same movie and the same story yeah. um, for for uh, the the future. Um, real quick, where does the Vols match up with Kentucky in football rank in terms of the quote-unquote circled games when you look at a schedule we talked about this yesterday and i think we i agreed that it was up to third i think on my list behind georgia and alabama i think those are always going to be your two most anticipated games those Mm -hmm. are the teams you want to beat you're in you're out um so i think i think it moves up to third uh i I still just am not sure what we're going to see in florida next year Uh, we also get them a few weeks later which i think helps us a lot um so i move that one to fourth oklahoma is still fifth to me again Not sure what they're going to have at quarterback yet in Oklahoma. Um, Did not look good in their bowl game Mm -mm. um, with the loss of of Dylan Gabriel. So, again, don't know what they're going to have on the field yet Mm -hmm. as a a product. Um, It will be a fun atmosphere, I think. Josh Heupel's return to Norman, but it still doesn't rank above a game at Neyland Stadium against a team like this. And now you add on a little bit of a a side storyline. I think it makes it a little bit better. I still, I've, I've got several games in front of them still. Of course, Alabama in, in Neyland is going to be rocking. Uh, Florida's always going to be circled for me just because uh, Tennessee is a program that loses religiously to Florida. I mean, uh, this this year was a great example. That team should not have been in the running with Tennessee, and they went out there and beat them by 13 yep. points. Uh, really like, uh, really excited for that game against Oklahoma. I've got that one circled just yeah. because it's on the road. Uh, and like you said, we're not really sure what we're going to see out of uh, the Venables crew down there. Uh, I've also got Georgia circled just because uh, I feel like that one's a little bit more of a rivalry than Kentucky. Uh, I feel like people are going to be a little bit more excited for that one. Now, with this news, I think it kind of levels the field with Kentucky, but uh, I still don't see it very high on my ladder. All right, so number one for me is Alabama. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pretty self-explanatory there. Back at home, um, no Nick Saban now. A big rivalry, number one, Alabama. Number two for me is still Florida, mm. um, considering uh, the rivalry that, they're, that they have and also the fact that they pretty much upended our season really early yes. on last yeah. year mm. um, in their place. So now you have the opportunity to handle business at home. Um, I think that would be the second biggest game. Uh, three for me is Georgia, um, late in the year, but also an opportunity to, to – figure out where you stand at that point against one of the nation's best teams. They've had our number as of late. An opportunity to make a statement there I think would be three. 
Um, four, I had Kentucky yesterday. I actually replaced it today. Um, Oklahoma at four mm, for me. That's fair. Um, also, you got to consider Josh Heupel returning back to yeah, his yep. home uh, to where he used to dominate for Oklahoma. First big on the road a game against a new SEC opponent. Um, I think that's a really cool matchup, and it's early in the season. You get to see where you are and how you play on the road in a true road environment. Yeah. Um, four for me is Oklahoma, and five would be Kentucky. Um, can, playing Kentucky back at home, there will be a little bit of energy from all this drama. But honestly, we're talking about this in, what, I guess the first day of February, February. today. Um, I have a hard time believing that unless Mincy continues to let it keep on going – um, that we'll be still talking about this narrative mm. for a longer time up until maybe right before the game. But um, uh, to me, I think it's five because Tennessee's by far uh, had Kentucky's number in football and, uh, you know, won three straight. I think Tennessee next year on paper is a lot more talented uh, than Kentucky as well. So I think that'd be the fifth biggest game of the year. Let's head to the phones, 865-546-8200. Your number, if you want to hop in and join our Thursday night edition of Overtime, we've got Bruce on the line. What's up, Bruce? Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? Fantastic. Hey, uh, I was listening to your show last night, uh, and this is related to uh, uh, the lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, through the NCAA and, and the University of Tennessee and then other universities. So one, one thing that comes to, uh, to my mind <clears throat> right off is you listen to, and you may or may not have heard it, but uh, Kirby Smart Right after the bowl game, he beat Florida State 60 to nothing, uh, and he made comments, you know, the NCAA, the public have to decide kind of where we want to be with this thing. So my, my thought, and, and uh, you can uh, – so it's kind of a question. I see it as a base uh, or a, uh, the initiation of rules and regulations – that are going to be coming uh, to, uh, you know, the NIL deals, what you can and can't do. Uh, and this may not take uh, roll into 2024, but I'm thinking by uh, the summer of, of 2025, uh, you could possibly see uh, some rules and regulations of what you can and can't do uh, uh, with the NIL deals. And what that does is create a, a, a base playing field for all these other uni- universities. Because a lot of people are going to get left out because uh, they're just not going to be able to fund or they're not going to have the interest in funding. Mm-hmm. So my question is, do you all really think this is maybe the beginning of rules and regulations uh, uh, in the way that NCAA is going about it? Uh, with this particular incident, I think this is the beginning of the NCA getting completely clobbered by all these schools that are getting brought into this, and they're going to win these cases. And I think as a result of that, they're going to put new rules in place and say, starting from this point on, this is not allowed, this not allowed, this not mm-hmm. allowed. Um, because what they're doing right now is saying what you did in 2022 is not okay, um, but hey, we didn't really put any rules or regulations in place, and now we're trying to go back and get you for it. And all these schools are... Um, rightfully so upset about that because, hey, we did not break any rules that you gave at the time. And then the problem is you didn't set any rules or regulations. Um, And things are very slow moving at the NCAA. The fact that this took two years to come across their desk is a little concerning. Um, So the fact that um, that is the case for them, very slow moving, I think 2025 would be a reasonable date um, for them to put NIL regulations and rules in place. 
um, because you can't just drop a bombshell all of a sudden and say, okay, boom, here we go. Things got to be a process. And I think the first process is dealing with these angry universities right now that are being called in uh, for the previous uh, quote unquote violations of the NIL. And once, you know, Tennessee handles business and, and, you know, bullies the NCAA out of it, I think the NCAA will move on and say, hey, okay, we've got to set a level playing field here uh, moving on. Uh, we're just going to let these rest. It's out of our control. Um, starting in 2025, here are the new rules. And I think that's the way you present it because um, what they're doing right now is uh, very out of sorts, very unprofessional in my opinion. Um, they're trying to uh, – my out, my analogy yesterday was it's like your uh, teacher comes back and tells you you did your homework wrong two years later. Um, and, and I think that's uh, pretty much what sums up this situation and the fact that they're going back from stuff that was done in 2022 – um, before NIL collectives were really a thing, now every team does it. And now they're saying, hey, that was wrong, you can't do that. And that's unfair to the universities that weren't told otherwise around that time. Guys, do you have anything to add? No, not really. Uh, I, I think if anything, I mean, uh, you know, whenever NIL was first first introduced, I'm not sure why they weren't prepared for, uh, you know, things like this to unfold where, like, this – ton of money is just being thrown at these kids uh, with nothing to go off of. I mean, surely before you implement this stuff, you have to think about uh, what could happen down the line. Mm -hmm. What are these universities going to be doing with all this money that they have just sitting there? Uh, so I, I, to start it off, it was really poorly uh, managed by the NCAA, uh, and now they're really having to bite the bullet. And they even acknowledged it yesterday or two days ago whenever they put that statement out. They called it the wild, wild west yeah. where uh, many people have you know, referred to NIL and Transfer Portal as that. So I think they're very well aware of the monster they created. Now they're just having a hard time putting it back in the cage. Um, so I think we're going to have to see that over the next couple of years. not going to be something that's done very quickly, especially with all the ruckus they've caused uh, this week. Okay. <clears throat> So, uh, and this is related to uh, Tennessee basketball. So, I was able uh, to grab a ticket for the South Carolina game. Uh, to my advantage, I was able to get like a, a floor seat uh, about 10 rows up off the, uh, the, the court. Uh, and what's interesting about being down there is you could see uh, or get a better feel for, for, I guess, our team and the other team. And one thing that was very noticeable uh, is, is Estrella. Uh, he's going to be a great player. Uh, uh, that's number one. And then uh, when you when you look, I know we've had a lot of complaints about uh, James and how poorly he's played. But when you see James out on the court, uh, matched up uh, from a, a, a person to person or man to man. Uh, set up. I mean, he, he's very noticeable. He's got very broad shoulders. He squares up. Uh, so I, I think that's why he, he continues to play uh, um, versus some of the other bench people. I was just going to make that comment. And then also, I was, I was actually uh, noticed that uh, uh, DK, uh, I mean, he actually moves the ball around and doesn't want to be a ball hog. But at it, 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 the last four minutes of the game, uh, you, you could, I don't know if uh, uh, the coach gave him the go or, or the players gave him the go, but he just basically took over the game. I mean, he was only on like 18 points uh, for, the, for the night with four minutes left, and then boom, 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 boom. Uh, so, I mean, he's an impressive kid. But kind of my question related to, to basketball, 
and this is kind of old school basketball, and uh, so I'll hang up and listen. But is there a possibility that uh, uh, Coach Barn would would play uh, would play Estrella and and um, uh, who's the other guy, the big tall guy? I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, if you put those two guys on the court at the same time, I mean, you, you could almost dominate underneath. But anyway. Just kind of give a give an overview of that possibility and what that would look like, uh, and I'll hang up and listen. Thank you for the call, Bruce. Uh, sorry, the one time you got a ticket was that night, um, yeah. you know, yeah. especially yeah. Uh, with how Tennessee looked. But um, just a couple things. So let's let's talk about Estrella real quick, where he he started. Yeah. Um, I think Estrella is continuing to try to get, or, or Barnes is trying to continue to get Estrella more and more involved. Um, just the fact that he's a freshman and, and doesn't have much experience, I think, is his biggest weakness. Uh, he's also a little bit slim to be battling down low. Um, but I, I think he's shown a lot of good signs and a lot of good yeah. potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if the more and more you can get him involved, I think ideally if by the SEC tournament where he's a consistent um, rotational piece, that'd be a really good sign. And I know a lot of people love Toby Awaka. But Awaka doesn't give that size that Estrella no. gives. Right. Um, and by tournament time, you know, you could have Estrella being your eighth or ninth man, and that'd be huge. Yeah. Um, especially with how thin the Vols are uh, around the, uh, you know, the five and four positions. Um, so, yeah, Estrella's been great. Um, Josiah Jordan-James, I don't think it's a matter of uh, his looks and uh, the build he has. I think it's just the fact that he's not really getting involved offensively. And, um, you know, I, I think he can match up well defensively with a lot of guys, but he's been too much of an offensive liability, just kind of not being, not being aggressive, uh, not attacking, and not really even being a factor. Uh, Jordan Moore, who we had on yesterday, uh, texted me earlier with a, a pretty uh, eye-popping stat. Uh, Josiah Jordan James and Tennessee's five losses this season, uh, six points, uh, half an assist, Six rebounds, two steals, but shooting 37% from the field, 18% from three, mm. and uh, shooting 83% from the line, five of six. Um, but in those five games, he's struggling to find any rhythm or, or be a factor like he was at the beginning of the season. So yeah. mm. I think it's you have to play him because he's a he's a veteran and he's been there before and he's shown moments where he can be really big. But the fact is that he's not showing that consistently. Um I'm not giving up on him. I'm just saying, hey, man, be aggressive like you were at the beginning of the year when he was attacking the basket, taking those mid-range shots. I loved when he'd get the ball at the free-throw line and you have that opportunity, kind of like an option play. You can either shoot it or drive it in, depending on what the defense gives you. I'd love to see more of that from him. Um, and then talking about Don Connect. You know, we talked about it yesterday. Are the Vols too reliant on him? Uh, you know, he's very unselfish um, when it you know comes to a, a normal situation, but Against South Carolina with four minutes left, I think it was more of an indictment on the rest of the team, just feeding him the ball and saying, hey, man, save us. Get us out of this thing. Um, and that, that's not good, in my opinion. I, I don't care how good of a player you are and don't connect. As another player and a teammate, you can't sit there and say, all right, let's, let's hope he gets us out of this, man. You know, he's, he's so good. Let's, come on, Don, just take it away. Like you've got to have the confidence as a college basketball player to be able to ready, uh, be ready to take those shots and be make an impact late game. It doesn't matter how talented Don Connect is. Obviously, you want to lean on him, uh, but you can't have you know four guys sitting around with their pockets in their hands, uh, or their hands in their pockets, I should say, um, and and watch Don Connect, even though he's so special. Um, but to answer Bruce's question here, and we'll we'll involve all you guys here, um, adding Estrella into the lineup. 
I don't think it's a horrible idea. Um, it definitely help if you're playing a big like a, a Zach Eady or a Hunter Dickinson, a couple guys, a Marno Baycott, a couple guys we've seen this year. I think it'd be a really good situational addition. Um, I do say though, um, then you're kind of limited around the perimeter, um, and and also kind of uh, you lose a little bit of spacing as well because um, you don't have as much much space on the perimeter too. So I, I like it for rebounding. I like it for size. Um, it, it'd be a project. It'd be something unique. It'd be something different. I don't mind it. What do you guys say? Yeah, I, I've been silently hoping to see more of Estrella over the course of the year. Uh, I knew we had something in him when we got him on campus, um, and he slowly started to get to where he's showing that now. Um, I would love to see this at least tried. Mm-hmm. Maybe do it, you know, in, not in one of these, you know, big games. Not not on Saturday at Rupp unless you absolutely need to. No, but no, no, no. In a in a game against you know a middle of the pack SEC team, try it. See if it works. You know, try and see if you can make something work, make something mm-hmm. change. Um, now, he would probably have to, I would think, fill in Josiah Jordan James's spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think he'd come off the bench for him, uh, which is unfortunate because of the veteran presence that James brings and the defensive presence that he brings. Even on the off, even when he's off on the offensive side of the boards, he's, he's good on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. He's always solid. He's always got good technique, and he's always able to hit his assignment. Um, and not really get lost on the perimeter. So you'll miss that, but try it. I mean, just see if it works. I mean, this is the time when you're playing some of these teams to try stuff for later when you're mm-hmm. in the tournament. Yeah. And when you're in postseason play and you need something else that you can try to, to get to get things to work. Um, so, yeah, I'd say give it a shot. I think it would I think it'd be fun to watch. Me too. I mean, especially coming off of a game like the South Carolina game was where just nobody could get rolling offensively. Maybe he's the guy that you can rely on to bring a spark out there because, I mean, We've, we've been talking the last couple weeks about Jordan Ganey. I mean, he put up zero mm-hmm. the other night against South Carolina. So maybe uh, find a way inside. Like you said, it's going to take take a hit to the perimeter. But uh, on the defensive side, I've, I've always found him having great feet so far. Every time he's been out there, he's been really good moving around, uh, is able to pick up any rolls and screens like that. So I, I think he's just fine at, at the four spot. But, I mean, again, like you said, Dawson, that veteran presence of Josiah Jordan-James. And I think in one of, like, the uh, – I guess I don't even know how you would. What's like Ken Palm kind of like deals like that? Just like Ken Palm rankings. Yeah, like, kind of like the rankings. Like he he's got like an individual ranking of like the second best defensive player in efficiency in the country. Really? So I mean, uh, taking that away is sort of a big hit. But I mean, especially if you get we get like LSU next week. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why, you can bust it out there on try Wednesday. It. Yeah, try it out. What I'd like to see, especially if the opponent's in man defense, then that gives you the opportunity for a lot of pick and rolls and switches. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what you could do is you could have you know Ziegler up top, and then you have Viscovi and Connect on opposite wings. Um, have a down screen where they they switch or a scenario like that. You can get a lot of mismatch having those two guys. And Adu's a guy that has shown that he can shoot pretty well from the mid range area. Mm. Then you could have an isolation situation on on the block with with Estrella with a a three or four that might be a little bit smaller than him if he's able to make a move there and Adu vice versa. So then you kind of take it out to where, okay, we've got two guys on the court and if one of them has a smaller defender, we're going to him. Yeah. So I think that does open up some opportunities. We'll, we'll have to see. Obviously, um, you know, if Rick Barnes is listening right now, let's try it out. But um, <laughs> um, if not, we'll have to we'll have to go find him before, uh, before a game and let him know. But I think it's a good idea, and I think that was a good suggestion from Bruce. All right, when we come back, Danny White chimes in to the University of Tennessee NCAA investigation when we come back here on Overtime. Attention fan-run listeners. 
This is Bob Baskerville. Make sure to come check out the Fan Run Morning Show with me and John Reed, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on 1340 a.m., 105.7 FM, and the Fan Run app. It's your morning go-to for the latest that's happening in the world of sports on Rocky Top and around the country. So join us every morning on Fan Run Radio. Built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game, Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Attention service members and veterans. Introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Are you in need of a smile makeover? Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Costa at Knoxville Smiles. And if you're ready to improve your smile, replace teeth that are missing, make your dentures tighter, add implants to your mouth, whatever you may need, we're here to discuss a wide range of easy, pain-free cosmetic and restorative procedures that can create a glowing, radiant smile that you've always dreamed of. Don't wait any longer. The time is now. Call us today at Knoxville Smiles and schedule your appointment at 865-539-1776 or go online to KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit rogershydrantservice.com. Back here on Overtime on a nice Thursday night here in Knoxville, Tennessee, live from the White Call Hard Seltzer Studios. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, now let's talk about one of our favorite topics from this week, and it's the uh, uh, University of Tennessee being immersed in another NCAA investigation. And today, Danny White decided to chime in. Um, so obviously, on Tuesday, Sports Illustrated reports that Tennessee um, is in an investigation for potential rule violations that is quote unquote major in nature. Uh, the violations at the center go against Spire Sports, which is the uh, investment group that is um, uh, in their involvement, I should say, in Nico Imaliava's commitment to Tennessee. Um, in response, on Tuesday, UT Chancellor Donnie Plowman clapped back with a lengthy message saying, in short, 
The NCAA is failing. Uh, yesterday, we saw the state of Tennessee clap back, <laughs> and uh, Virginia as well uh, filing antitrust cases against the NCAA concerning NIL-related matters as a part of the complaint. Uh, it was quoted permanent injunction barring the NCA enforcing its NIL recruiting ban. Um, and then today, in the latest edition of the, the new cycle, Tennessee Athletic Director Danny White chimed in with his own statement saying, quote, I refuse to allow the NCA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agendas. Woo! That came out hot. Mm. Um what do you guys make of Danny White's statement? A few things. Uh, the first one that popped out to me was that I, I don't think this investigation was supposed to be made public. Uh, Danny White made it very clear early in this statement that uh, the NCAA is the one responsible for leaking this information. Seems like it was a very tight circle on, on this information that only a few people knew, and as a result, only a few people could have leaked it to the media. It sounds like the NCAA took it upon themselves to do so. Mm. Um, and the actual quote that he has from the uh, from his uh, statement today is, uh, it has not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media as they did this week about us. Uh, not good uh, in terms of the NCAA leaking it to the media, uh, I guess, in order to get the kind of attention that, that Tennessee got at first before they decided to switch the narrative, which has mm. happened in a hurry. Um, the second one to me is that Danny White's just as confident as Donnie Plowman. Yes. Uh, this administration yeah. is extremely confident that, number one, they've done nothing wrong, uh, and number two, that this court case they filed, that they're going to win. Um, the NCAA's got nothing, uh, and that they are they're not doing their job in enforcement. Uh, he actually he, he says that they searched thousands of phones as part of this investigation and mm-hmm. found no violations. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Just put the evidence in there, too, while you're at it. Uh, and then he also said they moved the goalpost uh, yep. on the on the regulations as well. <laughs> <laughs> Very strong words from from Danny White today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final thing I think that it tells me is that the NCAA statement the other day was a lie, uh, where they said number one that the membership makes the NIL guidelines. Danny White says uh, no, 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 no. The member institutions don't. The NCAA wrote the NIL guidelines, uh, basically completely contradicting everything the NCAA tried to say. Uh, and he also basically implies that they have no idea what's going on at the campus level. That's also in the statement as well, um, and that they have no control over enforcement and mm-hmm. that they can't control what schools are doing, and now they're trying to retroactively do it and that it's not going to work. Very strong words, uh, but a very confident statement that I saw. Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind is the administration's confidence is still uh – Shining bright, I guess you would say, so far. Uh, and I, I did like the point that he made up where uh, if, if Tennessee is going to be uh, pinged for violations of any sort, then I think he said 100% of all the other major uh, – athletic programs in the country are also going to have violations uh but i I definitely do agree with him on the fact that uh it's it's pretty harsh for the ncaa to try to make tennessee an example out of this if you know if things do come to fruition where uh tennessee is a guilty party uh then everybody else is too so why why would why would anybody pick the university of tennessee over anybody else is it just because you know we we had that fiasco with jeremy pruitt and They'd be like, oh, we thought they learned, but I guess not. But I don't know. I, I, I'm still very confident uh, in this administration, and Danny White kind of proved that to me once again today. Dawson, you stole my thunder there because reading this today, I thought the same thing that I thought the other day when I talked about Sports Illustrated having poor journalism and reporting this without any real facts or real, um, I mean, real evidence. And Danny White pretty much summed that up today that, this was leaked out to the media audience 
uh, without having a whole lot of structure. And they create the story. They create the whirlwind that we're in now. And Tennessee has, in a sense, clapped back and stood their ground. Um, when Donnie Plowman put her statement out, we all agreed that I thought that we thought it was a good good thing for Tennessee because um, you know writing that out and putting that out there within hours of a, a report like that coming out shows that hey uh, we know we're in the right we know we didn't do anything wrong and we're going to be public about it and if you want to make it public by leaking it to your people and leaking it to the media oh we'll be public about it too and we'll release our own statements. So we've seen Donnie Plowman now, we've seen the, the state of Tennessee, and now Danny White, everyone. It's like the Avengers. The Tennessee Avengers <laughs> have come together <laughs> to take down Thanos and NCAA. Well, and Spire as well, too. Yeah. Don't forget Spire. Yes, Spire as well. Yes, Spire came in with the Infinity Stone. Um, <laughs> but when you combine all of these, the, the common thread with all the Tennessee stories and Spire is we did not break the rules. Uh, we followed suit. We've been an example of following suit in years past. If we did something wrong, we would be the bigger man and open up about it. The NCAA, however, is is claiming that you know they, uh, as you said, they had the um, the committee is the one that, that set the, the members set the rules, but actually the NCAA set yeah. the rules. Um, they're kind of backtracking and and kind of treading water at this point. And when you look at an argument between two people or a debate between two people, one that's treading water uh, usually isn't always in the right or no. doesn't think they're right. Um, so I think that's the case here. And I think you've seen multiple Tennessee representatives now back up and support that they're in the they're in the complete right. They didn't break any laws, and if they did like they did in 2021, they would admit to it. They would say, hey, yeah, we did mess up here. Yeah. We will work with you over it. And that's where they came to an agreement. And now it's a totally different situation. So I think that Tennessee um, is laying the hammer down on the NCAA, and the NCAA now is treading water and looking for a life preserver out in the, the great wide ocean. Um, are we watching the NCAA lose their power in front of our eyes? Absolutely. Uh, and if this injunction that's currently in court passes, I mean, it's even more so. Uh, the injunction is that, that basically the NCAA will have no enforcement power over NIL. Mm-hmm. They lose all their power, uh, any that they had, which I don't think was very much anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they lose any power, any credibility I think they had in NIL is gone if this court injunction passes. It's been loss after loss in court on NIL for the, for the NCAA. Um, they just they're not going to have power over schools. Ultimately, the schools are going to win out. Uh, the governing body at this point, if they lose more power at, at this rate, it doesn't feel like a governing body that's going to go on very much longer, does it? Yeah. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been talking for several months about NIL and the transfer portal and how maybe it would kill the NCAA at one point as, as we know it. Uh, and this this could be the first uh, of that uh, that decay because uh, I think you see and we'll talk about it in a minute but I think you see a lot of people get on this train as well mm-hmm. uh, as more and more schools are involved in this which is the allegation right now that there are a lot of schools that are currently being sniffed around yeah. for these similar violations uh, but as that happens yeah the NCAA is going to lose power it's going to happen in a hurry. Uh, and they could very well collapse. Yeah, it, it really does kind of feel like they're backed into a corner. I mean, this yeah. stuff kind of comes out uh, just out of nowhere, and a school that has been known to set a standard for cooperation with the NCAA comes out and says, we didn't do anything wrong, uh, and everybody else, if, if we're in this case, everybody else should be too. Uh, it shouldn't take too long for other schools to start chiming in and be like, hey, we sort of did the same thing here, and 
nothing in the written rule says anything about this. Are you going to come after us too? So it, it really does feel like we're starting to see a snowball effect. Uh, and I'll go back to how we answered uh, – I, I, Bruce's question, I mean, why would you implement a new game-changing opportunity for all of these schools across the country uh, and not have anything lined up to regulate any of it? I, I think it's absolutely uh, just dumb. I don't know how you mess up that bad implementing something new and be like, hey, free-for-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they, they, they poorly managed this. They wanted athletes to get paid. They set it up, and they didn't put rules and regulations in place, and now here we are. Um so, in a sense, they have lost a lot of their power with this thing um, because now you can't even trust them. They're leaking information. They've handled it poorly. This is the downfall of the NCAA if they don't, they don't figure this thing out. Um, and I think we've seen that over the last couple of years more and more. The NCAA is more and more um, out of the loop. And, and now I think it's even more prevalent than ever. And I think we very well could be seeing the the collapse right in front of our eyes. There's a way for them to get back involved and and retain some power. But I think overall, if they want to still be um, in the picture, they've got to learn to work with other people, work with universities, and and, and they can't be just some one almighty power. Um, And that's what they're trying to be. And now we're seeing, as I give the reference earlier, you know, to the Avengers assembling, they're all taking them down. So um, I think, yes, we're watching a, a collapse of a, of a, of a, a supervillain right now, and all the, the superheroes are, are uh, banding together and bringing this thing down right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. The NCAA has to figure out a way to compromise and make sure that they're not the, the all-great power if they want to stay in any power at all. Um, do we think more schools will follow suit with Tennessee and clap back like a Florida and Florida State? One thousand percent, and it's not just going to be Florida and Florida State. Uh, if that Saturday Saturday Down South report is accurate, uh, which Matt Hayes said a Power Five athletic director told Saturday Down South that double digit schools are involved in these investigations over NIL now, if that's true, you're going to see multiple of those schools number one start to be revealed apparently if they're going to continue to leak it to the media, uh, but number two, you're going to see them join this suit. This suit, I feel like, is going to carry a lot of institutions by the time it's mm-hmm. done. Uh, once they get around to Blue Bloods, Bama and Georgia aren't going to tolerate this. Texas isn't no. going to tolerate this. They're not going to stand for it. These schools have been looking for a reason to oppose the NCAA between conference realignment and now this. They're not going to stand for it at all, and I 100% agree they're going to clap back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what would be the reason not to? I mean, can they govern you anyway and tell you that – Oh, you're doing or you're not doing it bad enough. I mean, everybody's doing it bad in some light. So uh, I, I think everybody sort of bands together uh, and is going to be in cahoots, sort of figuring things out. Hell, for some reason, we've already seen the state of Virginia jump in with us uh, with the Tennessee. I guess, suit against uh, the NCAA. So, I mean, uh, push is going to come to shove, and the NCAA, I feel like, uh, on its hind legs at this point, it it doesn't feel like it's going to be holding power for that much longer once all these Power 5 schools get involved. Yeah, I think we will see other schools start to chime in as well, especially with how dominant Tennessee has been with this. Um, uh, Florida might have a little bit of a different situation because that Jane Rashada uh, recruitment was a little weird, uh, is the, I guess the nicest way to phrase it. But if they have the same claims that Tennessee does, that, hey, we didn't break any violations, and I'm sure uh, we will see a couple other teams get involved with this as well, especially considering when these recruitments and violations were done, when these rules and, and the regulations, so per se, uh, were very, very gray. Um, And when we come back, we'll give our best bets of the night. Stay right here on Overtime.
White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at NorthKnoxSidingAndWindows.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway, give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Back here on Overtime, it's time for our best bets of the night. And we begin with Oregon, minus two and a half for me, uh, facing USC on the road tonight. Now, I know everyone loves Bronny James and USC, but Oregon's been uh, trending in the right direction as of late. Um, uh, have the opportunity tonight with a win to take the uh, full control of number one in the Pac-12 conference. Um, I, I, I really like this team and the way they've uh, rebounded in conference play. Uh, Nafali Dante is a guy to watch out for, averaging 15 points on 60% shooting um, over his last six games, a guy that I think will be a big impact for this Oregon team. Oregon minus 2.5 tonight. Yeah, only a couple ranked games tonight, so I just decided to tackle them while I was at it. I like Wisconsin, minus 1.5 on the road at Nebraska tonight. Uh, a very elite team, and Wisconsin's going to be – 
one of the best teams in the country in the tournament for a reason, currently ranked six, and they do have a conference loss, but that's it. They've won, lost one game in conference play. Um, they're headed by really great guard play across the board, a couple levels deep. Uh, it's led by A.J. Store, who's averaging 16 a game. They have a great one-two punch down low as well, Stephen Kroll and Tyler Wall, who presented problems for Tennessee in that matchup early in the season. So uh, it's a very talented team. They're primed for another big win. Wisconsin, minus one and a half. I've got Nebraska money line against number six Wisconsin. Why do it's, we keep doing this? I don't know, but I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> it's been a week of upsets so far, and uh, for at least in the top ten of things, and Wisconsin sitting at number six right now. Huskers have played really good at home, have beat a Purdue team at home by sixteen. So I expect uh, the Nebraska fans to come out in droves, really drive this thing into the ground. And I love Taminga. Taminga's so much fun to watch. I think he's a little X factor uh, for the Huskers tonight. I think Nebraska is going to take it. Yeah, uh, I've got Nebraska money line as well, plus 100. Uh, Jawan Gary should be back in the mix tonight for Nebraska. That's a huge addition for them. He's missed the last couple of games. Taminga's another guy that can shoot the jeans off of it. Mm. Nebraska plays really well at home. Uh, they need a big win for their resume. Wisconsin, I feel like, is already kind of looking to that matchup against Purdue on Saturday. Um, so Nebraska at home, where they've won 13 out of uh, 14 games this season, I think it's too good of a spot not to take. Um, give me the Cornhuskers money line line tonight plus 100 i'm going to the pac-12 as well cal plus 19 and a half in tucson that is a massive line for an arizona team that by the way just lost to a barely over 500 oregon state team on the road with an 18 and a half point line so i've taken arizona before to cover it has not worked so i'm going the other way tonight uh, it's a cal team again that has great play from their starting guards uh you know i expect them to to at least make this one dicey i don't think they're going to win the game but arizona has allowed teams especially in their conference to to stay in games like ucla played them close at McHale in tucson a few weeks ago in a game that should not have been close yeah. uh, arizona should be dominating some of these teams at home uh they just have not been very convincing in conference play uh, i like cal led by jalen tyson and jalen cone jalen and jalen backcourt by the way really uh really cool random fact about yeah. that cal team um but i like them to at least keep it dicey with the cats tonight i'm taking a big line here this is going to be my last one it's i've got celtics minus 15 at home against the lakers now this lakers team uh, has been struggling on the road recently took a big loss at atlanta a not very good Atlanta team that finally found their footing. Uh, both Trey Young and uh, Dejounte Murray, I think, combined for 50 points, and they also had seven guys in double figures that night. Uh, so I've got the Celtics taking it here, minus 15. No LeBron and no AD. I think the Celtics take it to him at the Garden. All right, my final best bet of the night: Albaline Christian. Minus one and a half at home against Tarleton, a Tarleton team that beat him by double digits a couple weeks ago. Abilene Christian, minus one and a half at home. The books are telling you they're the favorite. You've got to like this number here. Uh, this is an 8 and 12 Abilene Christian team playing at home. Uh, just based off what the book is telling you, I like this play. Um, so I'm siding with that. A home team. I love these spots, especially some of these wonky, weird lines. Uh, give me Abilene Christian, minus one and a half. My best bets. Oregon minus two and a half, Nebraska plus 100, Abilene Christian minus two. One more for me. I'm going back to the NBA. I'm going to go. I thought about taking that that Celtics line. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the Pacers instead, plus two and a half on the road at the at MSG tonight. Uh, they do get Tyrese Halliburton back, which is huge. Mm-hmm. The big three, if you will, in Indiana yes. finally get a chance to play together. Uh, I expect them to get back on track and get a big win against a, a good Knicks team that's right around them in the East. Uh, but I think Indiana is going to be too much for them. They get a lot of momentum. Yeah, once again, my, my two picks tonight, Nebraska money line against Wisconsin and Celtics minus 15 at home against the Lakers. 
All right, those are our best bets of the night. Stay on the line if you are. We'll see you on the next side. This has been hour number one of Overtime. We'll see you here in a second.